0: Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. It's time now for Armchair Politics. Join host Tom Sumner for this weekly reality check on current events in local, state, and national politics and
1: the real issues that really matter. You, too, can be part of Armchair Politics. Find us on Facebook. We let the dogs off their leash. Stay tuned, because it's on now.
3: Hey, good morning, and welcome to this week's uh, edition of Armchair Politics uh, on the Tom Sumner Program. Joining me for today's edition, we have our, our uh, panel of political pundits, which includes our roundtable regulars on the left, Flint's premier political pundit, Paul Rosicki. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, good to be here. And on the right, longtime Genesee County Republican Henry Hatter. Henry, good morning to you. Uh, good morning,
1: everybody, Tom.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and last but not least, joining us uh, at the round table uh, in the uh, rotating third chair, as he occupies from time to time, former high-ranking official in two presidential administrations, Mark Everson from Mississippi. Good morning, Mark. Gentlemen, Gentlemen. how are good morning, good morning, Mark? Mark, how are things in Mississippi? Are you uh, uh, up to your knees in water? Well, you know, Tom,
4: I live just a quarter mile off the coast, and my property slopes down into a bayou so that if we get a lot of rain, and we've had an awful lot of rain lately, uh, it just runs off into into the Gulf. It, you don't have to be very far inland, though, if you have low lying areas that people have had some flooding, and then, of course, further north. The, the real problem right now is the rivers receded up in Jacksonville. As you may have read, the Jackson water supply is, which is some, it's not the same thing as you had in Flint by any means, but it's so dilapidated, they have no drinkable water, and uh, they're, they're got a hundred tank trucks going in today. It's just a, it's oh. just a, it's a disgrace what, what, what has happened to the city of Jackson's water supply. I've seen the
5: stories, yes, yes.
3: Just terrible. Well, um, <laughs> you, you might have some of the, uh, some of the city officials up there contact people in Flint because we've had, <laughs> we've had some experience with uh, coming up with alternative yeah. drinking water sources. Right. But
1: don't ask for money; we don't have the money. They <laughs> <laughs> you spent the money, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well,
4: that's that's the one thing today. They they're talking about billions of dollars, many billions of dollars to success. It's just uh, it, it, it. We, we don't let's stay with the dysfunction of michigan if you you don't have enough uh enough hours to cover
3: mississippi i would say <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's that's actually uh a pretty good observation we always start out with uh some quotes and uh the first one is,
4: hey, is hey, hold on a minute Tom. i i want to ask a question on a quote at some point either at the end of the quotes or at the end of the show i've got one for you so i just want to get my oar in there
3: okay, okay well let me let me get uh this this first one um, out of the way, and, and then we'll get into it. Um, because the first one is always the one where I ask you, how would you finish this quote?" And uh, the quote is, "The world will not accept what? How would you finish this quote?:
5: hmm. I'll not accept um, someone who tells the truth..: <laughs> Something like that. I'm not sure.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I like they that. They will not yeah. accept uh, good thinking, creative thinking and
3: the truth. Well, here's here's the original yeah. quote. The world will not accept dictatorship or domination. It's from Probably, you know that's true. Probably from Gorbachev. Probably from Gorbachev. You got that right, Mark. It oh, yeah, fat. of course. Mikhail of course. Gorbachev, the last leader of the former Soviet Union from 1985 until 1991. He died uh, yesterday at age 91 or it was reported yesterday. Um, he died after a long illness, according to Ra- Russian state news agencies. Um, Mikhail, and see if I can say this right. Mikhail Sergeyevich Gorbachev died this evening after a severe and prolonged illness. That's what the Central Clinical Hospital said yesterday. Anyway, um, thought I'd, thought I'd, we'd, uh, at least mm. acknowledge the passing of Mikhail Gorbachev and, um, and also, uh, here locally, the passing of of a, a really very well-known and thought of uh, local businessman and, uh, and uh, philanthropist, um, Al Kogel.
5: Right. Yeah, he was yeah. involved in almost every charity around town, yeah. one way or the other, it seemed like. Yeah. It.
3: And, of course, you yeah. know, they... Plus his hot dogs. Kogel's is, makes a pretty good hot dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
5: That's
1: true. couple quick stories. He, one about. Go- I just want to say this about uh, Gorbachev. He, after hearing the commentary uh, long after he had served in that position and helped us to resolve the problem with uh, the Cold War, he turns out to be one of my heroes. And oh, the-
3: abso- absolutely. I, it, so it was been- the- oh, yeah, <laughs> really,
1: really bad for the Americans.
3: When, for the world. When George H.W. Bush was uh, president, uh, a guy I interviewed on my show a few years ago, uh, Michael Davis, he was a, a comedian, juggler, a entertainer. He was a writer for Saturday Night Live for a while. And he performed his juggling routine um, at a White House dinner. Mm. And. Um, all the biggies were there except Gorbachev. And this juggling routine is, is a signature. You know, he juggles a chainsaw and a, and a big uh, uh, sword and a chicken. <coughs> hmm. And if you've ever seen him, you, you never forget that he juggled those things. And he told the story of, of performing at the White House, and Gorbachev wasn't there. So, some time goes by, and he's invited back to the White House to do the same show because now Gorbachev is there and he hasn't seen it. And George H.W. wanted him, you know, wanted Gorbachev to see Michael Davis perform because it's just so odd. So, he does his set and he's mingling around, you know, at this party at the White House after. And Margaret Th- Thatcher walks up <laughs> to Michael Davis and says, you know, if you have something that works, you really should stay with it. <laughs> and he wasn't sure if he was being slammed
1: or not. <laughs> There's a great quote. Yeah. Yeah. And not only that, but you had all of the heavyweights in the world there.
3: Well, and and it was funny because in, in a lot of people uh, – Know this about George H. W. Bush—he had a tremendous sense of humor, and, and he was a, a very warm person. And so, you know, it would be just like him to say, "Michael, I got to have your back because Gorbachev is going to be here, and he wasn't here the last time." <laughs> and, and, and anyway, um,
4: so Gorbachev—the only thing I'll say—you uh, know, I was in the Reagan administration when he when he first rose to office and he was obviously formidable. Uh but the one sort of funny thing is Mark Levin was uh a colleague. He was the chief of staff at of the Justice Department when I was was there and he always said that the birthmark on Gorbachev's forehead was the shape of Afghanistan. <laughs> That's <what he> said. <laughs>
3: oh. You know, I heard I I heard that but but the um the country that was uh identified was Albania.
5: Yeah, it looked a little more like Albania, I thought I heard the same thing about Albania. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah <laughs> right, probably right.
3: but the, but, but Afghan Afghanistan is is um a better political joke, I suppose. Uh, right. But uh let's see, I, I was gonna I was gonna share a story about Al Kogel and I Oh when he ran for the uh, my Community College Board of Trustees, I worked on his campaign. And essentially what that meant was I, you know, sat, stood next to my car with Kogel signs on it, you know, the appropriate distance from the poles, and <laughs> handed out little leaflets. But the Kogel's logo was everywhere, and people kept coming over to me thinking that there were free hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So why my vote where's my hot dog? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: yeah uh, you know, Al Cogel and I uh were friends for a long time because I had been chairman of the Republican Party and I've gone we had a lot of guests that come in. And he always told me the story of how he got started with the wheelbarrow and, and how that company, uh, his parents from Germany uh <clears throat> worked very, very hard to get the company going and when they came to America Uh, this is how they started and how they became successful. He was a very successful man. Have you ever toured the plant?
3: Yes, I have.
1: Oh, yeah. It's it's something to see. Yeah.
3: He
5: was a very, very valuable member of the mod board. I I I was there, of course, but for the years he was on the board, and he was a very, very insightful
1: member. And John, his son, has now taken over the business. And um, Barbara Kogel, I'm not exactly sure how she's doing. You know the family. Oh, no, she
3: passed away a few years ago. Right? Did yeah. she? Yeah, she did. I didn't. She's been Oh, blind. I understand. I want to say five years. Does that sound right, Paul?
5: Oh, that sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was in the obituary. In fact, I think there's a visitation yeah. tomorrow at the Sunset Hills Cemetery, and then I think the funeral's on Friday, I believe.
3: Well, a lot of people oh, didn't okay. know this about Al, but he uh, he dedicated his uh, accounting department to um, handling the books for. A couple of uh, nonprofit organizations, and Sunset Hills is one of them.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I think uh, Al Kogel paid for that uh, that statue that's, that's placed at Phillips City Hall of the labor people there that's building the uh, doors to the automobiles. If you oh. recall. I had heard that he. Had no, come. I hadn't. Uh, As I
5: say, there's almost no charity in town that he didn't play some role in, and yeah, very often he didn't. Yeah. He did not ask for credit; and no. he just did quietly. Yes.
3: Well, let's see. I, I think I got. To, I, I have time to squeeze one more um, quote in before the break. If they try to prosecute President Trump for mishandling classified information after Hillary Clinton set up a server in her basement, there literally will be riots in the street. I worry about our country. Uh, Your senator Senator
4: from... Lindsey
3: Graham, Graham, right? South Carolina, yeah. Oh, yeah. Senator, Senator Lindsey Graham's prediction on Sunday that a prosecution of former President Donald Trump would lead to riots in the streets added an element of menace to the fraught decisions facing Justice Department officials as they consider next steps in the investigation of Mr. Trump's handling of classified material. Mr. Graham, a South Carolina Republican who moved from Uh, A fierce critic of Mr. Trump to a loyal companion appeared on Fox News drawing a comparison between the investigation of Mr. Trump and the Justice Department's decision in 2016 not to prosecute Hillary Clinton for using a private server for State Department communications. Despite the Trump-Clinton comparison, could Senator Graham's comments be taken as inciting violence?
1: Hmm. No, I I, I think uh, we it's something we need to think about. The action hasn't occurred yet, but we can drive the outcome of that just by um, you know being aware and encouraging that not to happen. I I believe that too. I believe as Graham does. I think uh, there were There's just
5: uh, enough crazies around there though. He, even yeah. if he didn't intend it that way, I I I I, I can see the possibility it could. Well, For we people, we talked about,
3: off. last week, um, we talked about were certain things leading potentially to civil war. And we actually used the phrase civil war. And, and in the week since then, I have seen that phrase pop up in multiple national news items. Right, yeah.
1: Now, you know, the adversaries on either side will not take time to choose their targets. Let's think about that. I think Graham uh, can. I, I think we should listen to what he says. Well, hey, we better no, take something
5: to worry about. It's something to worry about. I, I was still think it's sort of unlikely, but again, I, 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 uh, I'm more concerned about it now than I was a year ago. I guess I'd say I phrase it that way.
1: And people are wrapped up in this uh, Second Amendment stuff. They want to exercise that and see how
3: it works well we've got to take a short break here and we'll be back with more armchair politics on today's edition of the tom sumner program we'll let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break if you're streaming us we have some messages as well
4: everybody's doing a brand new dance now hi this is mark farner and you're listening to the tom sumner program
0: Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show.
3: Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue with today's edition of Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. We have our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter, joined by Mark Everson for today's edition. Um, We have uh, another quote left before we look at a couple of local stories. Even our critics have been forced to acknowledge real progress. Who do you think uh, had that to say?
1: Hmm.
3: That was the president, I think. That was that was indeed the president. Uh. <coughs> Excuse me, um, and I will mention parenthetically that that we're getting some static on on somebody's yeah, line. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of a lot of. I'm not sure who's.
1: I'm not getting any. You guys are the static. <laughs> 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 we're we're going to blame you, Henry. <laughs> 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 sorry but i'm not getting I, i've moved away from my computer so
3: well let's let's see if it'll if it'll clean up a little bit um yeah that I was could,
1: i could dial back in Well, would that be okay
3: let me try something
5: uh, seems it was for the moment at least it stopped
3: Okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that sounds a lot better.
1: That must be the skillet that's responsible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's
3: back.
4: Um I well, yeah, check and make sure it back.
3: wasn't it oh. wasn't here. Um, but in any event if there's if there's something that can be done, if there's a short somewhere that you know, can be fiddled with and cleaned up. But uh, the the quote again was, even our critics have been forced to acknowledge real progress. That was President Joe Biden. He offered one of his sharpest rebukes Thursday of Republicans who have stuck to the credo of his predecessor, labeling it semi-fascism and predicting it has gone too far for most of the country. Are Biden critics really acknowledging his progress and or accomplishments?
1: Uh, Guys, you know what? I think that Biden looks like he's sane. He is so arrogant now. I, 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 I felt sorry for the guy because people were beating up on him. But this guy is coming back strong. And he seems as though he's in charge. And nobody seems to see that change in him.
5: Well, he's had a, he's had a good he
1: month or two compared reason to some the earlier ones. Pardon?
5: He's had a good month or two compared to some of the earlier months this well, past year.
1: Yeah, he looks as though he is running the show. I don't know about you guys, but to me, it looks like, and he, it's almost annoying. And while well, everybody else is sleeping. I think that's true,
4: but the inflation in the grocery stores and the crime. Yes. Yeah, I still think uh, you know the latest writing is okay. Well, the Republicans are on their heels, and the Democrats may actually expand the Senate and and somehow eke out the House. But I just think there's still a very high level of frustration with the uh, with
5: the inflation
4: and the crime.
5: So I I'm frustrated. I,
1: mean, I have that same frustration.
5: Yeah, I mean the, the House is going to be a hard sell. I mean historically, the party in power usually loses thirty-seven or thirty-five seats in the first midterm and they've only got a five seat margin. So it's going to be a hard, hard not to crack in the house for the Democrats. I'm afraid, uh, realistically. I mean, they, they may not be as bad as they thought, but still, all the, all he needs to do that's is what five I've, seats.
3: That's what I've been reading is that, uh, the Republicans are are still going to do well as they're historically expected to in a midterm with a Democrat in the White House, but not as well as they were poised to
1: a few yeah. weeks or months ago.
5: But the margin is so thin that Democrats haven't got a lot of a lot of margin to play with. <laughs> yeah. But right. you know,
1: I think that they're in trouble in the South, uh, in Georgia, with the Senate senator because he yeah. has. Uh, A little substance to his uh, uh, skills with respect to policy. There's nothing there. And he talks in generalities. And I'm sorry that uh, the people who want to see him win are going to be uh, disappointed because I think that they're the thinking people in Florida who would like to see a Republican there are uh, uh, just uh, not going to get enough support from independent and dissident Democrats.
4: All right, so can I use my quote now, Tom? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, this is crafted with a, uh, a view towards, obviously, uh, recently announced events c- concerning the Tom Sumner Show. So this is a question for Tom. He's the only one to respond to this. Is that, is that okay with you guys? Yes, sure. I love to hear it. Okay. And this is, I'm going to give you a little more help than usually is given, just because this quote is 80 years old, but it's one of the iconic American quotes. This is from March of 1942, and um, it was given after a harrowing escape of several days in high waters in a PT boat uh, trying to evade the Japanese. And I'll give you the first Three, um, four words of the quote, Tom, and there are three words to finish it. So I need, to t- you need you to say, who said this, and what were those three words? I came through and, okay.
3: Well, I, I, I'm inclined to say it was uh, JFK.
5: That would be my guess, too, yeah.
3: It could be my
5: That's exactly right.
4: JFK, it, it was a tricky question there because of the PT boat, but it was Douglas MacArthur who um, evacuated Corregidor, which, by the way, I've actually visited, but uh, it was quite a place. And then with his wife and four-year-old son was in a PT boat for days, and they got separated oh. and all sorts of stuff. Very harrowing uh, event. But when he got to Australia and he made it, he said, I came through and, and what did he say, Tom? Come on, you know this.
3: <laughs> I, I should know this. Um,
5: I, I've got to go
3: I I came through this and I'm feeling fine. No, I don't know. No.
4: I
1: shall return. Oh I shall return. I'll go say, I have returned. Or I have That's returned, yeah. A, Bell, it says, I shall return. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh, yeah, I um, sh- I should have thought those of three
4: it Three words we all want to hear. Just say it.
3: You know, when you said all those, uh, when you started talking about all those years ago, I thought, you know, I haven't been doing the show quite that long. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> right,
4: you're right, right. And he, no, and 15 years on the radio is not as heroic as uh, uh, defending Corregidor. But, no. but anyway, <laughs> it, was, it was. It's one of the iconic quotes. I shall return. I think. Yeah, at least from our parents' generation. Anyway.
3: Well, I'll 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 just go off on a on a, a brief tangent here because I've had communications uh, going back and forth with a number of uh, publicists that have been pitching guests to me over the years, and and their response to the news. And I got one this morning, and I'll share it with you because it's not too long. I can't believe it I'm so sorry to hear that you will no longer be giving us great listening experiences in this world of sound bites yours was a show that would delve more deeply into so many varied topics inspiring listeners to learn more as many times as my clients complained Oh, no, 23 minutes <laughs> every time you interviewed my <laughs> guests. You were able to get a little more from them with humor and hospitality, and without exception, they enjoyed the experience. Thanks, wow. Thanks, well, Tom, what for, a compliment. Thanks, Tom, for being one of the rare people who listens and is actually interested in what other people have to yeah. say. Very true. And, uh, and that was, I was going uh, to say,
5: Tom, have you have you seen my column for the East Village magazine? I did.
3: A- I read it, Good. and I I was uh, very honored and humbled. And thank yep. you for doing that. I,
5: it'll be out in print shortly, I think.
3: Yeah, it was that was very nice, and uh, and covered the show pretty well. I'm, did they have to add pages to the <laughs> to the magazine? <laughs>
5: I think we're going to have a twenty pager this yeah. month. I believe. <laughs> I <think. laughs> anyway the back
1: page will be used for the title page <laughs> <laughs> anyway
3: um, it's uh, I, I will also add that uh, friday being the last show i have not booked any guests for that show i'm going to i'm going to open the phone lines i don't know if anybody will call in to reminisce but the line will be open at 810-339-8255 and just in case Nobody calls in, and that has happened. <laughs> I will um, I will be playing music by area people who have been on the show oh. over the last 15 years. So I may end up playing DJ for the whole three hours, but that would be okay, <laughs> too, because there is some tremendous music to be shared. Yeah, that's so, true let's uh, let let's move on. Mayor Sheldon Neely says he won't abandon a plan for giving $300 water bill credits to every customer in Flint, even if the city council has other ideas for using the 8.6 million dollars the program would cost. Council members were deadlocked four to four in a vote on the credits at their meeting on Monday. Uh, the 22nd, the uh, third time a spending resolution tied to the proposal has been delayed since Neely announced it in mid-June. The mayor's plan has hit a wall of opposition that includes members who have other priorities for the American Rescue Plan Act funds, those who want more council input on spending priorities, and those who accuse the mayor of using the issue for political gain in the November election. Is this good policy or just politics?
1: Well, it could it could appear like politics, but that's good what politics at want. least, yeah. But but I think people want some relief from their water bills. I think that times are tough in Flint, and food uh, is high, and all of these. Yeah, I mean, uh, it'll be appreciated, staff. but it's it is, yeah. the
5: timing is good for his for his re-election. Yeah,
1: you know. Well,
3: considering the switch to the Flint River was 2014, you know, we're yeah. going to be we're going to be coming up on uh, a 10th anniversary here before very long. That's and, hard to
5: believe, but that's right. Yeah. And
3: and yeah. there are still people trying to make good on, on some of the damage.
1: I think that that's all but settled, isn't it? Pretty much. Well, the amount of money Sort of I, I think
3: we're I think we're gonna I think we're gonna be hearing about it beyond the ten year mark. I'm oh, I think well, so. Yeah. I, I mean, we'll be they, hearing they, about it.
5: I think they have still got a few more few more pipes to dig up and replace somewhere in this parts of the city, I believe.
1: Yeah, it's they need to complete that. Yeah, they yeah. need to finish that. Oh, they have to finish that, guys. That's part of the settlement. But the money for other purposes, like returning uh, damages. For uh, that which has been done to people, uh, that might be problematic because Muskegon and Benton Harbor and others are crying for money, uh, stuff like that. And I don't know where the state would get that kind of relief, even though they have a Democrat government, governor. I don't know where, the, where she can find the money. Yeah. Yeah. You
3: know. Well, across the street from uh, City Hall at... Uh, At the county building, Board of Commissioners Chairman Dominique Clemens is telling colleagues that it's time to talk about potential new taxes to support county government services. Clemens, speaking to commissioners during a committee meeting on Wednesday, August 24th, said decisions need to be made now for the county to continue providing the same level of service. If there are less people paying taxes, is there an alternative to raising taxes to maintain revenue and services? Does less people mean less
1: expense? No, we we saw that when General Motors left town. That's
3: uh, yeah. That's the
5: tax rate
1: yeah. disappeared. Yeah. yeah. See that there's no other way that you can do this. And the state would not come <laughs> into this jurisdiction, lift us up out of the mud, and let others us. Well, it's too risky, so somehow we just have to bite the bullet and and find the money or um, or size down, which I think we're trying to do.
5: Right. No, that's true. That's true. When you've got a declining population and a declining tax yeah. base, it puts it. Yeah. You have more problems to solve and less money to do it with. So yeah, taxes are the only way to go.
1: Yes, you got to have. A source of money that's reliable, dependent, adequate, and available right now. And, and you, where are you going to find that kind of money? You can't get it out of my pockets and you, you can't get it out of the people don't have the money to pay more taxes. So we have to think different, one through.
3: Well, let's see, uh um, elsewhere in Genesee County, A back-and-forth recall battle that's been playing out for months in Thetford Township will continue (laughs) next week as the Genesee County Election Commission considers four new sets of proposed language for recall petitions. Township trustee Ralph Henry has filed petition language to remove Supervisor Rachel Stanky, Treasurer Christine Taylor, and Trustees Eric Gunnels and John Congdon from office. Henry and clerk Nicole Moore are already the targets of active petition drives to remove them from office after the Elections Board approved language that Stanky submitted in July. Earlier this month, the Election Commission rejected four separate sets of petition language that targeted Stanky for removal from office. In this age, at least locally, of of no-fault recalls, has public debate become more about people than policy? Oh, I
5: think that's true. I think uh, so. <laughs> yeah. I and I was, so. was wondering, in Bedford in, in Township, is there anybody who's not facing a recall in that township? I,
3: mean, I don't think so. I re- Would you want yeah, to serve I in that, that environment?
5: I, I, I don't know. Strange situation. Sometimes local politics is the nastiest of all. Uh, and that certainly seems to be the case in Thetford Township.
1: Well, you know, they got rid of uh, the other township supervisor, my neighbor here in Dan Pecknick. Uh, they didn't win, and they put these other people. They still had mm-hmm. uncertainties and squabbles and stuff like that. Now, we elected a new board, and guess what? We still have the same problem. What's going on? It must be in the water.
5: <laughs> maybe now maybe it's the water
1: <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs> it, here's here's another one from from within Genesee County and I, we've certainly got time before the next break to squeeze this one in before we go on to uh, some uh, statewide things um, and this one has a twist in it that makes it almost an X file. Davison Board of Education President Karen Conover has accused trustee Nicholas Goyet of living outside of the school district. Conover, in a statement set out on Monday, said the Board of Education was presented with irrefutable evidence from the board's attorneys that proves he no longer lives in the district. In the same statement, Conover suggests that because Goyette no longer lives in the district, he has vacated his elected position according to uh, MCL 168.310. Um, Goyette denies living outside the district and said his address has not changed in years in a phone interview with MLive, The Flint Journal, Monday afternoon. Update. Update. <laughs> Accused Davison Board of Education trustee Nicholas Goyette has issued a further statement on his Facebook page Tuesday morning admitting to moving out of the school district with his wife. Quote, given that I have taken up residency in Burton, it is not incorrect to say that a vacancy should occur, he wrote. <laughs> Did this guy move from Davison to Burton between Monday and Tuesday? That's a pretty quick move, <clears throat> mm.
1: boy. I hope that doesn't you just shake your head a after a while. T- some t- of the stuff, you know, the Goyette Company is a, a successful, well successful business. I assume it's the same business. family. I'm, I'm not. Yet. I'm not sure of that.
3: Okay. I, 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 I would not. I would not want to. I, I saw the name
5: and I kind it. of thought it was, but I don't know.
3: Well, it's a well known name in the area, but. But it's a fairly common name, so i'm I'm really not oh. sure that he has any connection to the uh, Goyet, uh
1: but eating and so, killing people. uh even so just that name people will gravitate oh boy those those are the crooks you know, you know how people <laughs> postulate uh, I just hope it doesn't hurt their reputation. He needs to clarify that well, that's just no, a no. weird
3: weird turn of uh
5: it really is advancing yeah, a I weird the, turn the of
3: phrase. Um, you know, it starts out with him denying to the local uh, media, M Live the Flint Journal, on Monday afternoon that he hasn't changed his address in years, and then the next day, he says, "Well, except me and my wife moved into Burton and. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And yeah. and then and then his wording given that I have taken up residency in Burton it is not incorrect to say that a vacancy should occur.
5: Yeah, what's uh, it's
1: negative talk.
5: It's, I don't sure
1: uh, know like that is. Yeah, I'm not sure what he's saying. <laughs> She's been <doing> double negative <laughs>
3: Well, Here's one that Henry will probably want to weigh in on, and we've only got about a little less than three minutes till the break, so we may have to carry this over into the next segment. But Michigan Republicans chose gubernatorial candidate Tudor Dixon's pick for a running mate via a secret paper ballot and locked in other key nominees Saturday as the party prepares for what could be challenging bids to oust Governor Gretchen Whitmer and other Democrats this fall, but that didn't come without some consternation. Hundreds of the delegates and guests at the Michigan Republican Party nominating convention repeatedly booed Michigan GOP Party Chairman Ron Weiser and the delegates overwhelmingly voted to oust a slate of representatives from Macomb County, something of a rebuke for uh, party leadership. The party faithful ultimately chose former state lawmaker Shane Hernandez as their nominee for lieutenant governor. Uh, After a paper ballot vote uh, of the more than 2,000 delegates, roughly 80% voted in favor of Hernandez a huge win despite rumblings of a grassroots revolt. Uh, delegates also affirmed Matthew DePerno and election denier Christina Caramo as their choices for Attorney General and Secretary of State, respectively. The choice comes despite DiPerno being the subject of an ongoing criminal investigation that alleges he and others working with him to undermine the results of the 2020 election, illegally obtained access to voting equipment. Does this slate unify Michigan's GOP as promised prior to the convention? Henry, I, I'll let you go first. Um, uh, we've got about know, a minute uh, until the in, break, and I'm sure you were there. there.
1: There, was That was the best election I ever saw. And I've been in the party for years and years and years. 40, 50 years. And I, I've never seen, now the machinery, the dimensionism, and you guys sitting around the table know how that works. Uh, the inside party is the success and the outcome is driven by a strategy within that group. And they move, the, they make motions, they call on people to make motions, people to support them, and so on and so forth. <clears throat> and they move through this. And this is not unusual to the Republican Party. Democrats do that, too. There's a, you get things through uh, with all of the people who are different and who have uh, different kinds of uh, uh, positions and policies. You never get through it unless you get some way of reading through that. But Macomb County
3: Henry, uh, didn't Henry, like the outcome. Hold that thought. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Hello there, back.
1: citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner programs. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out.
0: East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. Cloth or disposable? Paint or wallpaper? Yellow or green? Babies come with lots of decisions. Crib or bassinet? Rocker or glider? So when it comes to protection against diseases, go with the safest, most effective choice, vaccination, to protect your child against 14 serious childhood diseases like measles, meningitis, and whooping cough. That's why nearly all parents choose it. Stroller. Or carriage, basketball, or soccer. So get all the recommended vaccinations for your baby by age two. For more reasons to vaccinate, talk to your child's doctor, go to cdc.gov slash vaccines or call 800 CDC info. Justin or Justine. Immunizations help give you the power to protect your baby. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Hey, why are we stopping? We're going to be late for the show. Mom, Dad, we got to get gas. You're
4: not here, you're not. This place is charging an arm and a leg.
0: Look, these days price swings of 30 or 40 cents per gallon aren't unusual, but when a gas station charges a price way above the price at similar stations, that could be gas gouging. Michigan gas stations sell the correct quality and quantity of gas most of the time, but when a station does try to illegally take advantage of drivers, my office is here to stop them. Stop Attorney Generaling! We got a concert to get to! I hope she doesn't sit next to us. Nark. This is Attorney General Dana Nussel. If you have information about potential gas gouging, call my office or go online at michigan.gov slash ag. Put those away! We're at a gas station! What? <laughs>
5: This
4: is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
3: Hey, welcome back as we continue armchair politics on today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program with our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter, joined by uh, Mark Everson, who um, reconnected with me during the break, trying to get rid of some static that seems to still be there. Thanks for the attempt, Mark. I'm a technical whiz, Tom. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can't believe some of the technical things I've been through over the last week or ten days. Just um, I, the the phone system went out. I I lost a couple of CD players in a power outage. <laughs> it just it's been a little bit crazy. Um, Henry. Um, it it took all the way to the second break but i did manage to cut you off uh, sorry <laughs> henry um we were talking about the um uh, republican uh, nominating uh, convention that was held over the over the last weekend you were there and you were talking about how well it was conducted
1: oh oh yes uh, you know um see we that same strategy was, t- was tried in Genesee County here. And see, usually the people who are in control drive the system. But th- there were so many new delegates there that they wouldn't let that happen. They said, well, so what you do, you develop a slate that's among yourselves and you exclude everybody else. We're all equal here. Listen to that logic. We're all equal here. So... Everybody, We had to vote on that motion, and people decided to uh, open it up and uh, uh, change the rules and allow us to uh, use, a sl- use a slate that was generated from the new people at random and by making draws from a hat box. And so people like myself, I had never been an alternate delegate before, but I went to state as an alternate delegate. And I enjoyed it. And I looked at the Republican Party from a completely different perspective. And the outcome of this action by the folks from Macomb County uh, um, drove some new energy into the Republican Party that was not there before. And the person, uh, step and think about how much orchestration this took to convey this strategy all over Michigan to delegates. So when you got to the convention, you know how you were going to vote. You were going to vote for that new slate, uh, the one that, uh, that the judge had ruled uh, that this could be, this could be uh, a practice that you could use. And uh, after that, When the convention was over and they had won, uh, seated themselves and recognized as the just elected body from Macomb County, the uh, spokesman for that group stood up and said, we're all agreed and there will will not be any more disruption from us. We're a solid Republican party. There would be no
3: well, you know, it's interesting. We talk about some of the divisions and, and things that are going on in the country and potential violence and and all of that kind of stuff. And and I was remembering, you know, my dad uh, was uh, he was like Henry. He was uh, a minority. He was a Republican in Genesee <laughs> County. And, um, yeah. <laughs> and he used to talk about the uh, conventions that the county would have as being these knockdown drag out fights and he actually described real fist fights in the aisles now this is like 75 <laughs> like years England. ago but yeah. but we tend to think that the um, you know that the angry vitriolic uh, rhetoric and and some of the threats of violence that occurs in American politics today is uh, completely new um, it, it may be different, but I don't think it's new.
5: Yes, so it's been there me, before. As, as, uh, Tom, as you said before, Charles Sumner, I knew a bit about that back yeah. in <laughs> the 1850s. <laughs> so let me
4: ask a question here, you know, because I um, am obviously viewing this from afar, but I keep up with the national trends. And I would say Michigan gets as much attention to this sort of issue, uh, turmoil in the Republican ranks, uh, probably second only to arizona maybe there's another state who's out that's out there too but henry what you're saying is you think that this is a it sounds i'm not trying to put words in your mouth that it's a that it's a fairly um oh sensible process that's taking place and it's not as it's not the seizure of a A group by an extreme ex, a party by an extremist uh Peace. Uh, so, am I right in, in hearing what you're yeah. saying? You're, you're you're it's exactly a more right. Message.
1: There was a you're lot of skepticism. There was a lot of skepticism, a lot of anger, and people displayed that anger. If you've never seen uh, people close to a riot or a revolution, <laughs> you should have. So, Henry,
5: was it basically the Trump folks versus the traditional Republicans, or were there other issues out there as well?
1: I'm not sure what, what, where all of the sources of the anger came from. They, part of them were Trump people. But yeah. people wanted to establish the Republican Party as an organization that followed the rule of order. And uh, you're also an elections. So you've got to elect your people through the rules that people know and understand. If you're skirting those rules, there's skepticism and anger. And even if you don't get it resolved at that uh, convention, it goes back to the districts, and they won't work well together. So this was resolved, and Tudor Dixon was uh, she didn't speak to the body, and nor did her dandies, but oh. uh, it turned out uh, to be a wonderful thing, and people left there with, with dignity and respect, and they even talked to each other, but before. They laughed at uh, the Chairman Weiser and they tooted and howled him and stuff like that. It was kind of embarrassing. He had a bad day in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if he, you guys take a look at some of the footage, you will find out you would have left the convention. <laughs> It sounds,
3: Mark, in answer to your question, it sounds like Henry's used to rougher meetings than maybe the rest of us are. Maybe
4: that's it. But it is interesting, and, um, you know, going back to an earlier observation, I do think this isn't the first time the country's gone through a difficult passage, pretty clearly. And I I find myself, as you guys know, always a little more optimistic. So I'm going to take... I'm gonna take some encouragement from Henry's remarks. I'm not I don't think his head is in the sand. I think it, uh, it sounds like uh there may be something good that's actually happening up there in Michigan.
1: So that's good news. And and read I think some Henry, of the commentary that's coming out, the statements about the you can go online and see what people are saying about
3: And Henry it. um often um, talks about how the system works in spite the attempts to do it badly yes <laughs> and and that's kind of what he's doing here there were people there that were disruptive and trying to be disruptive but you know the 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 goals and and the objectives of the meeting prevailed
1: yes and also uh, the policies and the platform, all of those things were, which is already fixed and guiding the court of action in the convention. But if you're superseding those or avoiding them, and people are smart enough to detect that, it leaves nothing but unrest in the body. Yeah, in there time, is some hope in all that, Henry. I
5: think that you know, we've been here before. Got it you know, we've had the Chicago Convention in 1968. It was certainly a tumultuous kind of thing, and similar ones in, in earlier years. So I yeah, I think there is some hope in what you're saying.
3: Did I tell you the story about my friend who was teaching over in Germany and um, saw on the evening news these, you know, tanks and troops and, and smoke bombs and all kinds of stuff going on? And she said to a friend of hers, uh, um, that she was watching television with, that um, she said, boy, I'm glad I live in a country where this kind of thing doesn't go on. And they were watching the 1968 Democratic Convention. That's
5: right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't
3: realize it right off. but Yeah. <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, we had about two minutes. Yeah, till the you know, the, the outcome
1: worked. will uh, really give a boost to Tudor Dixon. And Tudor Dixon has a strategy. I know that people are saying, well, she's not standing up to the issues that the Democrats have been. But she has a strategy. She knew who she wanted for her uh, running mate. And, uh, and she's, ta- she's tackling a completely different interest from a different perspective that's not popular. So she's going to have something right. She's got to get the, the male vote, she's got to get the dissident democrat vote and she's got to get the uh, independents. Did Rebrand come around
5: and finally endorse endorse Hernandez yes. for for Lieutenant Governor? Yeah. yeah.
1: He was endorsed by 100% of the body. Okay. Yeah, they said
3: 80% of the convention, you know, voted to support him. So, yeah. that's yeah. that's pretty significant. So, let me
4: ask a quick question to the Michigan guys. Uh, every once in a while when they do these lists of what happens to the Democratic Slate for 24, if Biden chooses not to run, they have your governor on the list. Is that just uh, crazy, or is that just the pundits,
3: or what is, uh, is she hmm. coming out of nowhere? No, I think she tried to no. position herself yeah. for vice president. Uh, yeah, yeah, she had been mentioned yeah. for vice president before,
5: uh, so that's, I wouldn't uh-huh. rule it
3: out. Well, she she says that she has no interest beyond being governor, but she certainly plays her cards differently than that. Hey, we have to take a uh, short break for Top of the Hour ID, but we'll be back with the second half of Armchair Politics uh, with our uh, roundtable regulars, Paul Rozicki and Henry Hatter, joined by Mark Everson right after uh, this very short break here at the Top of the Hour. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We'll be right back.
4: Hi, I'm Alexander Zanjic. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner.